past year has posed many challenges for Nebraska's small businesses. But when it comes to making a resilient recovery in the post-pandemic economy, entrepreneurs don't have to go it alone. You're listening to The Full Platter, the official podcast of the Platt Institute, and I'm Jim Vocal. My guest today is U.S. Small Business Administration's Acting Regional Director for Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, and Kansas. He's also the SBA's District Director right here in Omaha, Leon Millibar. His work includes the SBA's Guaranteed Loan Program, Small Business Technical Assistance, and Government Contracting Assistance. Previously, Leon was the Associate State Director at the Nebraska Business Development Center at the University of Nebraska at Omaha, which is just across the street from us here at the Platt Institute. Leon, thank you for joining me today. It's always good to go ahead and, and be able to talk about uh, uh, economic development. Uh, you know, we're the go-to agency when it comes to small business development. And uh, whenever we can uh, uh, talk about what we do, uh, we, I always like to take advantage of it. Leon, your office and our team really started getting in touch last year as we were researching the impact of the Paycheck Protection Program in Nebraska. But the SBA offers much more than emergency loans for businesses. What are some of the resources the Nebraska District Office makes available? Well, I'm going to do a little overview with it that I think is important. Besides the Paycheck Protection Program, the, the agency has the IDLE which is uh, economic injury disaster loans. And we are probably impacted more than most people realize in the state of Nebraska, especially in more of our rural areas because of the weather-related events and, and all of that. And uh, we've also had some of the target idle. But one of the things that we do is work so closely with our local lenders and with our traditional 7A loan program and our 504 uh, loan, uh, loan program, which is the basis of what we do in the agency. You know, uh, our loan guarantee is one aspect. The second aspect is that is government contracting. We have a, uh, a number of firms in Nebraska that qualify as socially and economically disadvantaged, and we help them work their way through the government um, bureaucracy, if you if you want to call it. It, it is all the, the legal aspects of doing business with the with the government and bidding on on work. The other thing that, that that we do, I think, is very important besides that is technical assistance. I have a joke I tell everybody when I'm typically in front of a, a class. I tell them businesses are looking for three things, money. Second thing is more money. And the third thing is that technical assistance, be able to get more of the two. That's financing, contracts, or marketing, and, and technical assistance. And, and with the technical assistance, you know, what we're looking at is uh, uh, you know, we have various aspects of it. Uh, we have, uh, for example, we have the SCORE program, which is a volunteer program, does mentoring and coaching. Uh, we have the SBDC, also known as Nebraska Business Development Center, which provides a, a, a higher level of technical assistance to businesses. And one of the other features about that is business transition. They, they can do business valuations. You, know, you won't think that's important, but our aging population in Nebraska, that's very, very important to go ahead and provide that type of planning and assistance to businesses who are maybe transitioning the business to the next generation. That planning is very uh, important. And then we have the Women's Business Centers, uh, women talking to women about 
starting growing their their business. Uh, we are going to open up a new one uh, May twelfth, uh, and the and Grow uh, Nebraska is uh, responsible for uh, this uh, women's business center. We have, uh, of course, one with the uh, REAP or Center for Rural Affairs. All of these things are, you know, that that aspect of the technical assistance. You know, we we also then and one of the things we do we have the advocacy and of course I already mentioned some of the disaster. But one other uh, item I think that goes along with the financing is our micro lenders. Uh, our micro lenders have made such a big difference, especially when the underserved market here in, here in Nebraska. And that includes REAP as a micro lender for us. We have Nebraska Enterprise Fund and we have CDR. And the, uh, a non-SBA one is the Catholic Charities. I always like to include Catholic Charities because of the reach they have in the Latino uh, community. And they work with the SBA funded ones very closely. State of Nebraska also is engaged through the legislature of providing uh, resources, you know, funds for technical assistance and for money for uh, reloaning. So these are some of the uh, things, but you know, we also have the step bro, uh, program too. Uh, businesses looking to do international trade, it goes hand in hand with what the state does in international trade. We provide some subsidy to the businesses that are looking to go ahead and expand in internationally. Uh, this has been a, one very successful program uh, that we've had. Our state has been very successful in using uh, using the funds. And that's through the Department of Economic Development. That's great, Leon. As you know, our main focus at the Platt Institute over the past year has been enabling Nebraskans to have a resilient recovery in a very difficult time. And I learned that was a job you were also handed as part of a state task force following Nebraska's 2019 natural disasters. Tell us a little bit about that. And then also give us your perspective, please, on how you feel our state has recovered regarding the pandemic? When I, I got hired, first thing they, they they told me, if we have a disaster, that will become your number one job. And that's one of the things that uh, we're always prepared to go ahead and shift because that economic recovery is so important. What we were looking at is, is a gaps in the information and trying to prepare businesses in the event we have another, another disaster. And that's probably the most important thing. Many states have uh, this type of a plan uh, in the event that something happens, you know, like the, the flooding or a, pan, a pandemic, what we have to go ahead and and and, and do. Uh, Iowa a few years ago had a major and uh, flooded in Cedar Rapids and they developed, the state had developed a, a plan. Uh, one of the aspects that I kept mentioning is including the, the private sector. Private sector can do a wonderful job of doing things that the government can't do and they could do it quickly because of their logistics. You know, I mentioned, you know, you mentioned Amazon and you could at uh, Home Depot, Lowe's, the rest of them. Some of these companies have tremendous logistics and there's some real success stories about engaging with the private sector, which helps our emergency management in, in the state and go ahead and planning things. My involvement was educating business owners regarding uh, developing some resiliency and planning so in the event that the next uh, disaster comes along they're they're better prepared that's and that's a whole thing 
being prepared for this. We as an agency, we were prepared to telework years ago. And um, this is one of the, those things is how do we act? How do we mobilize our employees? And what else do we have to do besides go back to Congress and ask them so, for more money so we can support our businesses and, and homeowners and, and, and residents here in the United States? So Right. And we've seen that the pandemic has affected everyone in some way. Uh, people who were lucky to be able to work from home had an easier go of things than people whose jobs and businesses obviously required them to show up at a physical location every day. That's especially true in our restaurant and hospitality sector, as you well know, Leon. This week, the SBA has launched a new program directed at the hard-hit industry, which is part of the American Rescue Plan Act. Can you tell our listeners more about that program? It's $28.6 billion. And what we're encouraging everyone, it doesn't sound like a lot of money uh, compared to what we spent on the PPP program. Uh, and we are encouraging everyone to go ahead and apply on- online. Um, each business can receive up to $5 million per location or total of $10 million. The application online, guidelines, the knowledge base is online. We work very closely with the restaurant uh, association and it covers more, uh, more than restaurants. There's a whole laundry list where at least 30% of your business is, is involved with takeout food and, and that. One of the things that I, I, when we've been counseling businesses, working with the trade association, we've been doing uh, national uh, training on the on the program. But uh, we've really automated that 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 process. We're waiting for the president to, tomorrow to make an announcement about how many applications have been put through, and we're using some artificial intelligence. And for um, the good use of public funds, you know, there is a, a variety of things we're doing to. Uh, uh, prevent fraud, and we're using LexisNexis, and you know we're looking at a number of different uh, uh, things regarding those people who are who are applying. Um, but you know this this program has a stage. Twenty the first twenty one days, what we're trying to do is provide this these loans to the smallest uh, business. Those businesses, restaurants that do under fifty thousand, or, or up to five hundred thousand, and or, or up to uh, one point five. Um, uh, million. So we want to make sure the smaller businesses, restaurants have equal access. And there's some set asides for uh, for them all also to ensure that, you know, if the money starts to run out, they were are taken care of. Uh, we're looking to possibly go back to Congress and ask for some additional funding on, uh, on this uh, program. But it's actually run very uh, smoothly because uh, I think the knowledge base and we were ability to go ahead and prepare what we've learned from uh, this past year has been a real learning experience. Uh, we're actually a very small agency, but we're we're already looking at total between the disaster. Not we're all already provided over a trillion dollars of funds to the to the general public. That's great. All right, I'm going to take you in a different direction right now, Leon. Uh, so far, we've talked about assistance for existing firms. Let's say someone listening is not currently running a small business, but they may feel like now is the time to finally try that idea that they've had. Why would someone in that situation want to reach out to the SBA Nebraska District Office? What resources are available? I always say go where the money is and the technical assistance is also. But the the other thing, we're, we're where 
well aware of all of the resources or the majority of the resources that are available. SBA has online training. Training is the most important thing we like for the individual to go ahead and, 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 and take. Uh, even the community colleges have programs. Uh, there are other, and the, and the university has, has, has programs regarding starting your own business. But training is one of the most important things so you know what you're getting into. You do not need a college education to be successful in the business, but you need to be well aware of all the various aspects of owning and operating a, a business. That is one of the things. We also have a network of service providers, whether, you know, and some of them are uh, SBA funded and some are not SBA funded. We work the, with the chambers across uh, the state, some of the economic development uh, districts. And one of the other things we uh, we work with is our micro lenders and, and our banks. Many of them are also putting on, on training programs. So we're trying to share those resources. And um, uh, the Doe Center here in, here in uh, Omaha, they put on um, uh, programs and we're we often are the uh, presenter or speaker uh, for these um, uh, the programs. The other thing that people ask a lot of times they come for, they ask about money, and then we want to know how it works, how our guarantee program, what they should expect, and of course one of the things I'm big on is financial literacy. You got to be able to take care of your home before you can take care of your, your business. So that's one of the things we really uh, push too. Uh, when I work with Catholic Charities, they have a financial literacy program for, for their client account base. They also provide uh, funding. So that's one of the other things. You want some answers to get you started. You know, SCORE does the mentoring, does training, mentoring, and, and coaching. You know, Nebraska Business Development Center, uh, they'll do financial protections, help you with the business plan, do business valuation, and also uh, because of the unique, one of the unique programs that they have, they also are able to go ahead and, and put on, um, when it comes to uh, a, uh, the business exit plan too. I think that's important for, so there's a variety. So we can answer questions, sit them down at no cost. That's the other thing. There's very few things that we uh, we provide uh, out there are any, any cost. And uh, the individual has to do their homework, but uh, you know, at, at least to get somebody to talk to and hopefully put them on the street, the right path. That's great. And, and I think most people, to the extent that they think about government agencies, see them as fairly interchangeable. But in our experience at the Platt Institute, each state and federal agency has its own unique qualities and functions. And one interesting part, and you've mentioned this earlier in the podcast, uh, a part of the SBA is the Office of Advocacy, which conducts research and listens to small businesses to help formulate policy, uh, especially on regulatory matters. Leon, can you speak more about that specifically? And although your agency is at the federal level, how do you and the SBA keep an eye on what kinds of small business policy priorities are set by leaders in Lincoln? Yeah. Well, what, what are the things, what we end up uh, here, many times we'll hear from a business that, and they will tell us that we've got this issue and I, I, we've run into it. NIVAC's are reported on a couple policy issues um, that, that came out of the legislature or, or the state actually has that uh, just um do not fit the current business environment. So what we do is end up reporting them to the Office of Advocacy. So the advocacy is a small is a voice for small business within the government, and it's it's a watchdog for the uh, Regulatory Flexibility Act. 
But, um, you know, they have all kinds of uh, statistics and all that they put out. But um, what they do is they advance the views and concerns of small businesses before Congress, the White House, federal agencies, federal courts, and state policymakers. Many times they will get in and involved in and provide brief and information to the legislature or the governing body in, in the state saying that uh, this doesn't make sense. This is how it may negatively Im- impact you and all of that. They will have they have hearings they're constantly doing research and they'll have round tables uh in various states to go ahead and and talk about various issues that the businesses have um we've had a number of them over the years uh, of course last year we did not have any and i think it was the year before we we had the um uh, w- one of these roundtables, but uh, at this point, we're waiting for the political point ease to uh, uh, for our, our region to be uh, nominated and, and approved before we could have another round roundtable. So it, it works typically it, it, because it comes to the level of a complaint. Uh, your institute go ahead and uh, notify our, our agency, the advocate, and basically uh, they may have some research on what other states other states are doing and how they were able to work work through it and how to how to make it work because i tell you when it comes to economic development business people are looking at uh over their shoulders to see what other states are doing for recruitment business development and their economic activity leon one final uh question for you as we wrap this up as we seek to continue the recovery from last year's recession. Are there any other ways that Nebraskans who are involved in business currently could be helping new entrepreneurs to get their start and make the most of the opportunities available in Nebraska? Well, there's a couple of things. One of the things, you know, we've never actually slowed down. Between 40, 45% of the, our, our maxillary loans are for uh, startups or business buyouts. One of the things I think really helps is the participation by businesses in the coaching and mentoring process. Um, there, you may have employees. You may have friends and family members that are also maybe interested in going in into business. Sharing that knowledge of how to go ahead and, and start and grow your business, I think that sharing is very, very important. That's what we see with SCORE. We, we see that also with the Women's Business Centers that where we have that mentoring and that, that basis of knowledge that, that makes a big difference. You know, we need to go ahead and share some of that knowledge wealth that that, that we have. Always looking for uh, the next opportunity, uh, too. It's, uh, I'm always surprised at some of the ideas with uh, what people uh, have come up with. And then um, we have some programs who have really done a very good job of reaching out to you know, the uh, the immigrant population in in terms of uh, certain trade skills. Uh, truck driving has, has turned out to be a very big one for uh, the immigrant uh, community too, and the, and the variety of uh, regular trades. So, you know, I think we always have to keep an, uh, an open mind in terms of um, uh, what our workforce is going to look like next and what we're going to have to go ahead and do to, uh, to make uh, continue to make Nebraska prosperous. Leon, this has been a wealth of information. Thank you for all you do at the SBA and thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much for having us. And thank you for listening. You can find a link with items we discussed today on this episode's page at platinstitute.org. If you like what you see on the site, you can also make a donation to help fund our research and advocacy, or you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter where I keep you posted about today's most important issues facing Nebraskans. Join us again next time as we continue our mission to remove economic barriers and make Nebraskans proud.